재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 당신은 중고차를 선택한 것이 아니다 당신이 선택한 건 최초라는 자부심이자 경기 없이 누리는 편리함이며 BMW만의 벽이 다른 책임감 당신은 BMW의 선택을 선택했다 BMW 프리미엄 셀렉션 Welcome back. Time to dive into Planet Korea, which you may know by now is our weekly blank slate where we pick any given topic related to Korean culture and just kind of chase it wherever it leads us. For most of the month of April, we're speculating on the state of Korea in 2050, at least as we can manage to see it from here in 2016. And this time, we're moving on to dating and marriage. Since you can't really document the future, in order to get a glimpse of what love and romance is like in 2050, our team member GP is going to take us on a little journey of the imagination. Hope you'll join in for the ride. Welcome back to Heart and Soul, the nation's number one lifestyle talk show. As always, I'm your humble host, Annabelle. We're about to dive into this week's theme, Retromance, contrasting dating, love and marriage, as it is today in 2050 with our parents' generation not too long ago. It's about time we introduce our guests, two loveless lost souls trying to find their way. As well as a newlywed couple expecting not one, but two editions in the coming months. Let's hear from the first singles. Hey everyone, my name is Jiwon. I'm 34 years old and I'm a Hyperloop operator for the National Transit Authority. Oh, come on Jiwon. Tell us a bit about your dating life. That's the reason you're here, isn't it? Uh, I guess I've had four or five girlfriends, but I've only ever met one in real life. I married her, but we started drifting apart after I changed my mind about wanting kids. She never came around to the idea. Mm, children are a huge investment, now more than ever. Yeah, I, I don't blame her. How could I know that I'd eventually want to be a father, right? Wow, so you've done the whole internet dating and cyber relation thing. You've been married and divorced. It seems like you've hit all the milestones of love in 2050. How about you, Jenny? Um, I've actually never tried internet dating. I've just been focused on my career up until this point. I'm the founder and director of In Vitro Care over in Gangnam. Welcome to the show, Jenny and Jiwon. Now, let's say hi to our happily married newlyweds. Greetings, Greetings everyone. everyone. <laughs> I'm Nathan. And I'm Pony. Uh, I don't know. It's been six months. Are we still considered newlyweds? Oh, don't spoil it. And yes, I am obviously very pregnant, but we're actually expecting twins. What a blessing. It's pretty uncommon to have a large family nowadays. How far along are you? We just entered our third trimester, so preparations have been hectic. You guys are in your third trimester, but you've only been married six months. Well... (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) My math's no good, but we're excited for your twins all the same. So, you guys are both really young. First-time marriage, twins on the way. 
tell us your story. Well, we met six years ago when we were both in our third year of university. And if you'd asked me then, I would have told you that I am never getting tied down. Yeah, she pushed for an open relationship initially, which made sense considering our first few months of talking were purely through a dating app. It was clear immediately that there was chemistry. I mean, the algorithms are just so good nowadays. But after the timing finally matched up and we were able to meet in person, we didn't really want to spend our time with anyone else. Speaking of dating and all those fancy AI matching apps, Jiwon, Jenny, what have your experiences been like? Yeah, like I said, I gave it a try or two or three, and it's good. You bond really quickly initially, but I found that I didn't get to know people as well as I thought I did. When you become a real time commitment for them, like in a real face-to-face relationship, as opposed to an optional, I don't know, distraction, that's the real test, and I guess I've never passed. Hey man, I've been there, brother. Plus, you never know if there's going to be that X factor, the push and pull. Yes, miltang. I I believe that was the word back in the day, so to speak. So now you just like to go for it. Start IRL, as it were. Jenny, what are your reasons for never having given online romance a shot? Well, for years, all my friends were like, what have you got to lose? But I think there's a lot of time investment. I barely had the time to go on the handful of dates I've actually been on. And quite frankly, I would have rather invested my energy into my passions than trying to get to know people through a blurred stream of selfies and social media. I think most of us can relate to what you're saying, which is why online matchmaking platforms have kind of plateaued as of late. Let's get back to our theme now. Retromance by heading back to the very inception of the artificially intelligent algorithms that play such a fundamental role in the way we meet new people in 2050. We dug up this interview from our media archive. It comes from all the way back in the mid-2010s. My name is Ji Yuan. And I'm a PR consultant for Tinder. And before working with Tinder, I used to work at One Kilometer, which is a South Korean dating application company. As the technology developed, lots of online dating services tried to make recommended service. So maybe within two or three years, we can see the recommended feature without dating applications. Oh, not only our company. Whenever I meet someone from working in the dating industry, they are keep thinking about these kind of ideas like recommendation services by technology. Whoa, did she say Tinder? Tinder was the word there. It is indeed a legacy dating platform from our parents' heyday. At the time, the software was heavily user-dependent. There were no smart suggestions to help users filter through the millions of people around them. So was there some sort of manual mode or something? Yes, actually. A lot of these mobile dating platforms worked via a binary yes or no input. You you had to use your finger. You had to actually pick up your finger and swipe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I actually envy the simplicity of those times. Meeting people back then seemed so much more spontaneous, you know? As GU predicted, computer-generated matches really took hold some two decades ago in the late 2020s. How many of you guys here are a result of that? Nathan and I both are. My parents met through a blind date. My mom always refers to it as 소개팅. I always cringe when she says that, but you can see the nostalgia in her eyes. My folks met at a language exchange. I don't know why, but my mom was really embarrassed to tell people that. Do you think singles have it better now? 
or way back when? Definitely right now. It's pretty much on-demand compatibility. The only guesswork is your chemistry together and physical attraction. And sometimes even that is filtered for you. Hold on a sec, Han. I mean, yes, it is very convenient now. But sometimes I think that because software has gotten so good at predicting how well people get along, it makes me feel like what if I'm not the one for you? And how many the ones might be out there? That is very true. And less options means less time wasted exploring all those options. G1, you've got a bit of a conflicted look on your face. <laughs> I have, as Jenny put it, wasted time. And even though it hasn't worked out for me so far, every attempt at love has still been, you know, it's been worth all the heartache. And I learn more about relationships and myself each time. I'm glad to hear you haven't given up on finding someone. Let's jump ahead a bit. Let's say you found someone. You two really like each other. You've been dating for a year or so. Now it's time to see if you can peacefully live together. <laughs> uh, Bomi, Nathan, is there a secret you'd like to share with the rest of us? Uh, we moved in together on the pegil of our first face-to-face yes, date. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, my God. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> Living together within a 100 days. That's fast even by 2050 standards and pretty much unthinkable a generation ago. We're about to take another trip back in time to 2016. Let's hear how accurate this sociologist's predictions for modern-day love and living actually were. My name is Yun Sid Lee. I'm a professor at the University of Seoul Department of Urban Sociology. If you talk about 2050... <laughs> the number of cohabiting people in Korea will be increasing for two reasons. The Korean young adults get married later, so they have a long period of single life. And many of them live alone. Simply, they achieve residential independence from their parents. And also, they have some jobs, so they earn some money. So economic and residential independence, and they love someone, and at the same time, the housing price in Seoul and in Busan and other big cities are so high. And then there are two houses and two young adults in love. And they can think, they can consider, hey, how about <laughs> live together? So I believe in the future, the Korean young adults can accept the life of cohabitation as their viable option before getting their married. Oh, yeah. Kind of weird that it didn't happen sooner, right? He really did hit the bullseye on the housing market. Having twins is forcing us to look outside of Seoul for a larger apartment. But, uh, you know, purely anecdotally, would you guys say that the government's birth rate boosting policies are uh, bearing fruit? Well, we've got two on the way, so we're doing our part. I think some of the measures are pretty bold. I don't know of any other places in the world where professional marriage matchmakers are employed as civil servants. And quite frankly, I'm not too happy about my tax dollars going towards other people's private lives. Uh, I personally couldn't agree more, but we're all in this economy together. And without a larger youthful workforce, pensioners are much more likely to become impoverished like they did back in the 2010s. Let's hear from our man on the street, Ryan. He's going to be asking a few folks for their opinions on the new government initiatives. Thanks, Annabelle. I'm here with... Marty. And... Evelyn. How do you guys feel about the government's multi-pronged efforts to promote marriage and increase the population? 
Well, I think they're well-intentioned, but there are other more pressing matters to attend to, like meeting the man for elderly support services and senior centers. There are tons of closed schools in the city. They should start repurposing those. Personally, I love them. My son met his wife through a government matchmaking clinic, and now I have a granddaughter, so I couldn't be happier. It seems like opinions are just as scattered as polls would suggest. Back to you, Annabelle. Thank you, Ryan. Now, let's get back to you, Jenny. You're the in vitro expert. Well, right now, Korea's crude birth rate is at 9.4 births per year per 1,000 individuals, which is back up to about where it was in 2010. So there's an improvement over past decades. But what people often overlook is the total fertility rate which is the average number of children that would be born to women over her lifetime. And that's a much better index because it's independent of the age structure of a population. So Korea has been an economic powerhouse for about half a century now. And just like in other developed nations, that generally means a lower fertility rate. The government's doing the best they can, but there's no fighting progress. Well, what do you mean by progress, Jenny? Well, as countries advance, gender equality becomes more common. And here in Korea, our shrinking population has resulted in labor demand outpacing supply, which resulted in equal salaries for men and women. That means women don't necessarily need to get married to be financially stable like they used to. Yeah, like most of my gal pals feel no need to have a child, and the ones that do are loaded so they can afford to. Well, so far, we've discussed ways of meeting people, courtship, marriage and having children. Well, they've changed a lot, but we are missing one crucial factor. Love. Is it any different in 2050 than it was in 2000? Jiwon, we haven't heard from you in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I'm certainly not an expert like Jenny over here. But, uh, yeah, I think it's different. I mean, it has to be, right? My grandparents don't seem at all like a couple, like the way my mom and dad are. When I was a kid, Grandma used to say it was Jung, not love, that kept them together. Either way, that familiarity wasn't enough to keep my ex-wife and I together. Yes. Uh, I'm glad that you brought Jung up. It always has been a very peculiar construct. Um, We're going to hear from Ji-Yu one more time. In Korea, there is a word that kind of affects Jung. So we used to say that, oh, young people don't have much of Jung compared to before. Because we felt talk when you met uh, people offline, but hanging out and drinking or eating together. But in the future, as technology developed, all offline fields move to mobile fields. It is possible, I think. John could be like just getting good messages or just talking. My parents are always telling me, your generation has no idea what Jung is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard that. I've heard that. Well, she was right about offline fields moving into the mobile space, for the most part. But did love? Do you feel that warm, tingly feeling when you get those spontaneous pictures of your crush's digital meals? Does an emoji in every message actually represent your face-to-face interactions? Mm, When Nathan and I were just getting a feel for each other, it certainly seemed like it was. And when we did finally meet, it didn't feel like the first time at all. We've both had experiences where great online interactions were extremely disappointing in person. See, that's what I'm afraid of. Having to guess whether that person is everything an application has promised me that they are. And even if they are that person you've stayed up nights texting, will they always be? People's priorities change. I know mine did. 
Whether your love life is powered by an AI matchmaking app or your only dating IRL, love is still the name of the game. And it seems like the game hasn't changed. Not completely, not yet. We've just about run out of time, but before we say goodbye, we're going to leave you with part of an interview from Professor Lee. He's a uh, University of Seoul sociologist that we heard from earlier in the programme, and I think he sums up today's theme quite well. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think still in 2050, love is simply love. Marriage is love. Marriage is marriage. Even though the behavior, sometimes, you know, the behavior is changed, but still, the ideas remain the same. And I think that principle can be applicable to love and marriage. Love in the year 2050. I think I will be viewing that from a rocking chair, if at all. And that is our show for this Saturday special of edition of Koreascape. We are produced by Christina Saul with associate production by Jamie Lee. GP1, who you just heard from, is our writer. I'm Kurt Asian. If you enjoyed today's show, please don't be shy about throwing us a like on Facebook or follow us at the Twitter handle at Koreascape, one word. And we're back again on Monday with fresh editions of Culture Pulse and Rock Scholar. We'll see you then.